0: This is the episode that I did not know that I needed. (laughs) Because as creators, we're told that we got to be everywhere. We have to be faster, more. We have to use this font. We have to be on these platforms. We have to do everything that every quote unquote marketing expert is telling us to do. But a lot of the conversation in this episode is contrary to a lot of that popular advice. Welcome to the Creators Our Brands podcast, the show that discovers how storytellers and solo creators are building businesses online. My name is Tom Boyd, and this show is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And in this episode, we talk to Ksenia Brief. She's a full-time creator and host of the podcast Web 8. She's been everywhere on social media, exploring multiple iterations of her creator brand, from being recognized in cafes across the world for her breakfast bowls, to mega successful course launches, to BuzzFeed, to producing a hit podcast, where she uses her conversations and content to help you share your unique gifts and build a magnetic online presence while actually enjoying the process. In a world where everyone is telling us to speed up, we talk about intentionally slowing down to create more of what you love, how to create your own algorithm. We talk about her integrated, holistic way of working with sponsors that I encourage you to borrow, why she stopped selling courses even though they were bringing in crazy money. We talk about how to reframe feelings of jealousy or comparison of other creators, why she's quitting being an influencer, and stay at the Very End, where she shares a strategy that you can use to connect with your audience through every digital thing that you make. Okay, I'll stop babbling. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the
1: show. Thank you so much, Tom, and congrats on being part of the HubSpot network. That's really oh, awesome.
0: Thank you. Their focus is helping you know small businesses and their, their uh, our big focus is on creators and creators as being businesses themselves. And uh, I think that there was just a lot of alignment with um, what I'm trying to do with the show. And I really like their team. They're a lot of fun to work with. I, I could tell that like we had like the same you know values and the same you know sort of just like outlook for like what the show can be. Uh, so you know we're we're exploring that.
1: That's the best. I'm so happy to hear that. They're yeah, an amazing team. Because if there's one thing I learned being in the content creation digital business, humans and making space for that human connection. Over all the algorithmic numbers and expectations is the most important thing. Otherwise, this just becomes so automatic and boring and predictable, and just kind of blah.
0: I have so oh my gosh, I got so many directions that we could go with this. You talked about the algorithmic thing. Um, so I have this idea in my head, like it's like a it's like something I want to write on, and I'm curious. I feel like you you probably already have some thoughts on this. So this idea of creating your own algorithm. So these creator dashboards, they they create the the goals for us. They say if you have this engagement, then you're in this tier. If you're this, then we'll push you to this many people. If you have this many followers, we'll give you this check. And like they're creating the algorithm for you. And with that, you start to shift your personality, what you care for, the, the subjects, the content, the things that like that get shared, right? But I think it's smart. I don't know I'm curious like if you could help me kind of develop that concept of it, and if the, if that aligns with you at all like creating your own metrics for like like what's working for you aside from what they're telling you you should be focusing
1: on mm. I love that you're bringing this up because I remember beginning of the year I did this 11-day social media challenge I called it the 11 days of sharing where it was just me showing up every single day with different prompts and invitations for people in my community and beyond, whoever was called to join, to just freaking show up. Stop coming Mm -hmm. up with excuses, waiting for New Year's resolutions, waiting until you hit 10,000 followers. I mean, who's still waiting for 10,000 followers? Everybody can add a link on Instagram at this point. Like, come on. All excuses are made up. We all know this. But the invitation was to really just show up, get out of your own way, get out of your head and just share and see what happens. Because I find that, the alchemy and the further direction arises when we just try. Oh, you know, funny story. I, growing up, I thought I wanted to be a fashion stylist and I convinced my parents, this is what I want to do. I went to a private fashion school in San Francisco, two and a half year degree fashion merchandising and styling. And then I came out, started working at a fashion styling company in Manhattan, going to all the fanciest stores and, you know, doing all the fancy things. And a few months in, I was like, I don't want to do this at all. And so I think it's the same way with content. We feel like this is my calling. This is what I want to do. Some people go out and get health coach degrees or whatever different certifications there are to become that. And often we forget in the process that it's about the journey one and it's about who we become in the journey. And if we don't remember those two things, we totally get lost on the metrics and the numbers, you know? Hundred thousand followers, ten thousand followers, whatever that number is for you, a million followers, uh, crossing the six-figure mark, like in how much money you bring, like all of these things, I've done. Transactional, so transactional. Yes. So during the eleven days of sharing, one of the days was exactly this. I reposted your video. I duetted it on Instagram. It was a newer feature to do a duet. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I don't even have to create anything. Tom already said it so well. So one of my invitations was to create your own algorithm. And the way that I see it is, the way that it's unfolded for me is anytime I've reached a milestone of closing a $10,000 deal or closing a year long ambassadorship deal with a brand I really wanted to work with, or reaching half a million downloads on the podcast—you name it—all of those things that look so shiny and can be for a minute very satisfying. Behind that, there's not really much. You wake up, and there's more things to create, and there's more growth to step into. And so, what I—the way that I see the concept that you are bringing up—is the way that the career world and like the corporate world was this fancy thing that everybody went to school to, to be part of and have a certain salary and a certain car and live in a certain neighborhood. Now, all of these different external metrics of being a content creator and being self-employed and being a creative, they're becoming really the same kind of thing. What's the point of putting yourself in that self-created prison when you don't have any creative say of what you do, you work with brands and promote products, you don't actually wake up and use yourself and are excited to talk about. And it becomes just like a prettier looking prison, but still it's not fun and it's not conducive of personal growth, of spiritual growth. So the question that I explore in all of my work is how can we, yes, use social media to create some comforts and freedoms in the earthly realm, but also how can we use social media to step further into our souls and courageously be on the path of growth and remembering who we are and that comes with looking beyond the numbers and that comes with sometimes taking a hit and taking some time off of sponsorships because what I've seen in myself and so many others is when we enter the grind and start seeing some successes it becomes so busy life becomes Or it can be, it doesn't have to be. But what I did is I chose for it to be so busy that I didn't have a time to pause and follow up with myself and check in with myself. Does this still feel aligned? Does this whole thing still feel like something I actually am excited to do? Because I was so busy responding to brand sponsorship emails or getting angry at the fact that they weren't paying enough, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, either one. Um, So for me, it was extreme. I ended up taking six months off of all sponsored content. But that's what comes up when you say that. And I'm curious what was coming up there for you on that.
0: Uh, it's very similar. It's very similar. It's uh, And, I, and I, I experienced that same thing where it was, you know, I was having a lot of fun making content and just exploring ideas. And mm. then there is a thing that like once you start getting sponsors and you start to feel that a little bit of money, you start thinking about all of your content in the eyes of, Will a future sponsor like this? Will so and so that I'm trying to work with? And there's a there's a degree that like I'm like, all right, well how do I balance that and still have fun? And it but it, it what happened is I it, it stopped being fun for me. I, I um I started like use like the buzzwords that i knew that they would want to hear and like my storytelling like just didn't hit as well and i i did the same exact thing i was like you know what i'm gonna strip it all down i'm gonna like start talking straight to my cell phone i'm gonna just get in my car i don't care if there's like stuff in my teeth or whatever i'm just gonna do it and i started to enjoy the process again and then create my own algorithm i think that there's like certain things that you can like for me it's it's like like an algorithm if I had my creator dashboard for the podcast, it would be like, it would probably, this would be one of the things on the dashboard. It would be one long DM a week, right? Like one long DM for someone saying, like, hey, this one episode at Mark 37, you know, or 29, 22, like, your guest said this. And because of that, I took, action on it and it changed my you know creator career in this way like that will never show up in their creator dashboard but on on mine like that's why i'm doing it so like adding little things like that that are reminders of like why i'm creating i think would be that that's my how i envision my my like uh, like an element of my own creator dashboard
1: Mm. i love that and those dms are so reassuring and heartwarming and i think what putting that on your dashboard doesn't take into account is the fact of the fact that there's so many people listening and are moved by what you're sharing and taking their own time on their own divine journey to arrive to being actually ready to take action. And sometimes, recently I got a DM saying, hey, I've been following you for years ever since Breakfast Criminals, which was like a decade ago. And I followed you through you creating your product, the Heart Bowl, to your podcast, through all the name changes. And you've been with me in my years and in my life this whole time. And finally, you know, like whatever they said, quit their job, you know, and exited Started. their marriage. It was something huge. But they said, I really want to thank you because it's all reminded me who I am and given me the courage to pursue what I'm meant to do in life. And this person didn't send me a DM the moment they found me. They took about a decade to <laughs> DM me. So you... Just never know. And so that's why on my dashboard, if I were to put one thing on there, it would be, did I create and share what I was meant to create? It's this distinction between, okay, I could make a dancing video. Okay, I could make a YouTube video about podcasting. Okay, I could create another TikTok about uh, tiny house that we had in the Catskills. And yes, I have a few tricks that would make it go viral, but am I meant to? And so really having this reality check of, yes, I can do all these things, especially as I'm developing my skills and I've had some things go viral and be successful, but am I meant to? And the measurement of that meant to is not how many DMs I get or how much money in the bank, but something bigger. And sometimes there will be no visible impact that I know of. Sometimes it's just, never, sometimes 10 yeah. years later, sometimes never. <laughs> yeah. But I knew I did what I was meant to. And I won't ever fully know. It's kind of like the butterfly effect. I just know that I'm in my place. I'm following the whispers. I'm doing what I'm meant to. And then what's what's happening with it afterwards is not up to me.
0: I've talked to my wife about this, um, about the, the comments too, and the minority of the people that might not or, like love your content sometimes can be the loudest. Like the people that are like actually doing the work, the actually listening, like they're too busy, <laughs> they're too busy um, putting your ideas in action or or being productive that than, than to reach out and say something negative towards your content.
1: Do you feel like somebody reaching out to you and being a hater? Um, might be a reflection of you judging somebody else's content and not reaching out, but silently comparing yourself.
0: Um,
1: and while you think about this, I'll tell you why I say that. Cause I know that in me, whenever I catch myself doing this comparison thing of like checking how many podcast reviews somebody else kind of in my field has, or like, Are they Uh, getting any hate? Let me make sure they're getting hate because that means uh, I'm fine. Like when I allow my brain to go there to find that validation by making sure that others are getting torn apart, (laughs) that's exactly like those moments when I will get the hate message too because it's in my field. I'm nourishing it with my Uh, energy and there I get it right back.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Because I I will tell you this. um, I don't get it that much but with my previous brands, I felt like I did because I was constantly comparing. I was constantly trying to win other people's races while doing my own. And, and, and by doing that, I got nowhere <laughs> because I wasn't being myself. Uh, and, and in that process, I think that like – I think James Wedmore talks about this. I always come back to it. He says judgment of other people in action acts as a boomerang. Um, because the way that you see that because you – and he was like a lot of people that have um, writer or creative block, they're usually overly judgmental of other people because they think that the, the way the world sees them is how they look at the world, that, that same judgmental lens. So then it restricts all of their creative freedom for output. And I always think about that. So that's why like I always like I even have it on my whiteboard be a spokesperson for other creators. Like literally like my goal is like if I see someone I I, I want to turn the volume up on what they're doing. Like that's the point of this show. That's that's why I share other people's work. I'm like that's honestly just like a a value of this brand. I want to turn the volume up, be a cheerleader for other people that I admire. And if I do feel that like little jealousy or envy of what they're doing, like, look at it and be like, well, why? And like, and like, how can I flip that as, um, admiration instead of like in this, like, how can I even, even out the playing field?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a gigantic flip. The way that I do it is when I see somebody and I feel kind of like jealousy or envy or comparison rising, the question I reframe it with is what can I learn from this? And Mm. recently I had an amazing proof that it works. Like sometimes you you keep doing it, you keep making the positive shift and you're like, universe, come on, reward me, affirm me. I'm doing the right thing here. Like I'm working so hard to put the right thoughts in there and the right energy. And so I got that kind of affirmation and it was that I woke up and it was like a very clear thing to start making more video podcasts in person and making content out of that. Okay, And it's a, you know, it would like be a big production and I've been thinking about it for a while, but the question I put in the universe was what is the next step in reaching like truly big wave of people? And the answer was start recording in-person podcasts. Um, And that was, so I woke up and then I see that one of the podcasts that's kind of like could be comparable to what I do they also started doing in-person podcasts and like, I'm seeing all of their videos go viral, like boom, Mm. like it was kind of normal, normal, normal. And then the moment they started doing in-person video, it's like, boom. And I was like, wow, well, this is confirmation. Thank you universe. I hear you. And then step two was I was talking to somebody who I really look up to, um, who is kind of a, you know, a very looked up to person in, personal development, like human optimization field, we were talking, we had confirmed a virtual interview. And that same day, I hear back from them saying, Hey, we're actually going to be in your town. Do you want to do in person? And I had never in my life, any guests suggest that. Yeah. And so for me, I saw it as, okay, I was able to switch from comparison to what can I learn from this. And within 24 hours, I get a confirmation of, here you go. When you focus on what you're able to do and learning from others and focusing on your unique gift in the world, it kind of just flows with so much more ease and we're given the next clue. But if we're too busy judging and comparing, we won't even hear that next step and that next clue.
0: Have you heard of the idea of mimetic desire?
1: Why does that sound so familiar? Tell me more.
0: I, I I might mess it up, but it's The idea that we see someone else, right? We see someone being a best-selling author and we assume like, oh, his life is great. I should try to become a best-selling author. Like, oh, this person just celebrated that they got a million subscribers. Oh, I must make make my goal. Like we base our goals on like what we perceive as like what success is based off other people's definitions. It it comes with like that that comparison, right? It com- comes with like looking at what other people are doing, and and I I think I've I've fell into that a little bit myself. I think I think probably with some of the um short form video stuff, like even earlier on goals, I'd be like, oh, I need to get this subscriber count because they have that, and then I was like, I hate the content I'm making, like. Mm-hmm. But I think I think like you said, coming back to just how what was the shift that you did with
1: the to to get to that point from one is not what, what can I create, but what am I meant to create? Yes. And two, instead of um, why is this person doing so much better than me um, to what, what can I learn what from can them?
0: I, what can I learn from them? Yeah. And I think that's helpful as people are thinking about like, how is memetic desire showing up in my world, which again, I might've, y- y'all got to look that up, but like based off of the definition I just said, <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, what can I learn from this? Like maybe like, there's elements of what they're doing that's exciting to me and then say, all right, what can I learn from that? Like why is that exciting to me? And really get to the root of like, like – because I see a lot of people – and this is probably the, the, the biggest um, example of this is like just going to college in general. It's just, oh, like so-and-so's parents talked about Jimmy going to this college, and then that produces this mimetic desire of like, oh, well, he's um, – he he. People talk about them highly, and 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 so like that should be my goal to go to this college. But like that kid doesn't want to go. You know, like all of a sudden their whole path is is um diverted someone towards someone else's goals.
1: A hundred percent. Two things come up as you share that. The first one is the question that you brought up is so important and powerful, which is instead of shutting ourselves down when we feel that comparison and being like what is wrong with me? Why do I keep doing this? I thought I'm over this. You know yeah, that yeah. going into that whole scenario of like self-loathing and self-judgment would just completely kills all creative energy and willingness to show up. Yep. What if we just allow ourselves to feel all the feelings and then ask the question that you brought up which is why am i feeling so triggered by this? What is it about this person? What is specifically about their situation that i desire? And when we honestly are able to take that more neutral look and realize, oh, it's actually I want their car or I want their house or I want a video to go viral or I want to have a course that people talk about and leave positive reviews about, whatever it is, once we get clear on what it is, it's a lot easier to be neutral. And I'm a big proponent of honestly, everybody getting their earthly desires fulfilled because when we start getting like, all of this material stuff out of the way. This is one space for, in my experience, the true questions of why am I here on earth at this time? And how can I be most fully in my truth, even if it pisses people off? You said, what's Mm. on your whiteboard, but this is what's on my uh, (laughs) sticky note and has been for the last two weeks. It's not about being liked. It's about being in my truth. And that spreads to social media and to every single situation in my life. Cause I grew up in Soviet Russia and Australia. And then I moved to New York and San Francisco. I'm kind of a little bit from all over, but mm-hmm. I did have a very Soviet upbringing where authority is everything. And the biggest value is respecting your elders, being nice, not asking too many questions and smiling on demand and being a good girl, being a nice girl. So for me to arrive at a place where I'm in my thirties, and I realized that was still dictating everything I do in relationships and how I show up on social media. And now for the first time, thanks to a divine teacher that is a terrible Airbnb host that completely tore apart my everything, me, in an Airbnb <laughs> review. Um, that's really been everything, like what happens, just consider what happens when You stop trying to please, you stop trying to show up a certain way because that's what you're supposed to in this industry. You stop trying to chase likes or a certain amount of money and you just speak your truth.
0: Mm. Can you you say the quote again?
1: um, It's not about being liked. It's about being in my truth. I love that. So what is your truth? I love that. And truth is not like, it's like a one big thing that you arrive at and you just share that. My truth is just what feels truthful in me right now, what feels alive in me right now. And right now my truth is that I think I'm ready to retire from being an influencer. (laughs) As I was preparing for this interview, that's kind of what came through. I think that might be an episode that I record on my podcast, but like just the whole concept, the whole game of it, not like retiring from ever sharing on social media about products and things that I love, but the whole concept, like the whole game and the way that I've made myself play it.
0: Now I, that, that brings me to a, a, the, the question now is like, would you say like, is, is the podcast the, like the main, what you would say your main platform is?
1: That's my home for sure.
0: Okay. So you have, tell me if I'm so you have a different Instagram, like I don't, I'm, try, I'm trying to, I'm trying to There's break this things. down in a way and I want, <laughs> I want to break this down in a way that isn't like too like tactical, but I'm mm-hmm. just curious as another creator. Um, because as someone with a podcast that wants to promote it and market it, um, I, I've been like, you know, I'm like, I, I have this bonus footage account. And then I'm like, should I have a creators or brands Instagram account? And I noticed that you have two different accounts two. and I'm cu-
1: I have more like 10, 10,
0: but two Which that I do I not of. recommend
1: to anybody. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So I, I'm curious just, just focusing on the separate one for the podcast itself. How would you, how do you feel about that because right the reason i haven't done it is because i just don't have the bandwidth like Mm -hmm. like as soon as i have some you know uh some money to reinvest into someone to 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 help or like free up the time for me to actually run it like i'm like i don't want to run something that's half half butted (laughs) so uh i'm curious what you would suggest and if the pros and cons of having a separate one for some for the, the podcast itself
1: here's what i think just like with any social media rules or tips or strategies, there's not one blueprint. And yes, when but anybody- I want yours. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So when anybody I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> comes to me in like a consulting session, yep. which I absolutely adore doing because we go into not just the business strategy, but also like the energetics. Um,
0: and where can they go if they're listening and want to get into that?
1: On my website, kseniabrief.com.
0: Okay, perfect. So
1: here's what I would say to you, Tom, if we were in the session, um, first, like on the surface strategic reflection is your account is already not your name, but a brand bonus footage. So I don't see a need for creating another one because you're already covered. It sounds like creators are brands content would be very, very similar to bonus footage based on me having followed you for years and having listened to podcasts and consumed your video content. Is that correct? That's correct. If you had an account that you were considering creating, like one is my podcast and all my content creation tips and all that, and one is just Tom and behind the scenes of doing that, but that wouldn't even make sense either because your account is already behind the scenes of you building a brand.
0: I know. I know. I know. That's sort of the concept bonus for us. It. It's like the extras of the, the podcast. <laughs> so, it, it, um...
1: so in your case, I don't see any need for it unless there's like a game you want to play of, you know how some people do, I'm kind of tired of building the same thing. Let me take all of my own tips that I'm suggesting to people starting from scratch. And apply to a brand new business idea from scratch.
0: Okay, no, I, I think that I am I'm, I'm with that. Uh, I'm uh, I am with that. The thing with bonus footage, I was like, I'm gonna build it as like a platform that I can use to promote like any of my like string of ideas that I have in the future. And like right now, bonus footage is like the I, I, or creators or brands is is what I is, it's actually the format that I enjoy making the most. Like it's fun to have and these that's conversations what the most. It's fun to have these conversations and to connect with people. Uh, you know, it, I, I can tell that it it doesn't on the outward, like it's hard to get those accolades to look like, oh, I'm a successful creator. Like the shorts would or YouTube shorts or that, you know, TikTok or Twitter, like like, like clearly be like, oh, there's a blue check mark next to that podcast. Like it's going to take a little bit more time to build but I enjoyed most. So that's why I'm putting most of my energy into it.
1: But you you bring up a very important point that I want to yeah. expand into because I feel like so many listeners probably I like how you, this I too. like how
0: you're hosting the, the show right now. I really <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> we <We're> co-hosting it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So the point <laughs> you brought up is what I heard you say, you said kind of one day when I ha- have more bandwidth, when I have more budget, I'll create a separate account for the podcast alone. And that to me falls into the category of these are all the ideas I have on the shelf that I'm not able to do now because X, Y, Z, what I have been doing intentionally in the past year or so is looking at that shelf and freaking demolishing it.
0: Mm. What is on
1: that creative shelf? taking up my creative space that I could be using to Mm -hmm. actually do something that matters now, because I'm thinking that these ideas that are on the shelf that I'm not able to do now for a certain reason are more important. I was doing that with so many things. And then when I started taking each idea off the shelf and looking at it, and some of them were like, this is complete bullshit. Why have I had this for a decade on my shelf? Or some of them were, uh, my dream was always to have, make music and sing and make song. Well, I took action and I hired a medicine song teacher who ended up being on my podcast. Actually, she was on my podcast before that. That's how I found her and working with her, discovering my voice like never before and recording a music track that I'll be releasing probably next year. Amazing. What else? Thank you. It's so exciting. It's so liberating.
0: You make an incredible point. Like I, I think all of that energy could be going towards, all right, mate. how do I build within the space that is already giving me energy like the podcast so maybe it's okay maybe the the guest interviews are going great let's add two solo episodes a month and spend time intentionally writing and producing those in a way that's exciting to me maybe they're 10 minute shows i actually like your style you do some solo episodes like that right like thank
1: you yeah i've been doing more of those it's really fun
0: yeah it is fun and it's um i mean and instead of saying like yeah but like all of these other things that I could do why don't you just make the thing that's right in front of you that you enjoy more more be more intentional with your actions towards that i almost <laughs> think sometimes the more stuff we have is a form of like good ideas are a form of procrastination right like like you're like in the midst of like okay i got this opportunity for this podcast right now how about i write a book
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly. like exactly
0: and then it just it just Uh, it's a way to divert your your mind from like having to fully see if people give a crap about this podcast or not.
1: Exactly. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like a killer to the creative energy. And I love what you did with, and I noticed when you did it, it was very obvious when you kind of pulled back from high produced, highly produced edited content to like back to your car with food in your teeth. I didn't see food in your <laughs> teeth, but apparently maybe I should go back and find it. But I I really find it to be so refreshing and important to kind of strip everything down and go back to basics because I see so often when people get so stuck in the game of thinking their content needs to be a certain way that it becomes sterile. When there is no energy and no aliveness behind the content. And you're just saying what you think sounds good, or you've seen other people sell really well and have good results with this kind of format of content. It's dead. We feel nothing yeah. when we come across content like that and nobody wants to consume it. And nobody's going to tell you you're doing it. You just kind of have to get real with yourself.
0: Yeah, you do. And you know what Um, someone brought up uh, to compliment that point is that this this creator yesterday and it's funny because I'm highlighting a creator in a way where he he said the nature of creators online is we highlight like we're we're, we're teaching in some way so when you're teaching or you're solving right you're highlighting a problem because of everyone's goals they have similar problems I want these views I want to build my email list I want like all of these things so we log in and we see all these people talking about these problems all day <laughs> and then all of a sudden we think we have these that problems But it's our problem yeah yeah right so then we feel like we need to do something about it and then like every time we need to do something oh it's another idea for this another thing that i need to build like so what do we do do we I, I mean i find um just just you know going for a full weekend like i try to go like two or three days without even looking at social media i think i think the mute button is it can be really helpful you know i love it uh mute everyone (laughs) like maybe just like two or three people that you want to kind of study and like kind of but like when you're getting thousands of problems sent your way each day like it it, of course it's going to divert your creative attention
1: definitely and also sometimes studying others can also get to the point where it kind of mutes our own creativity True. that's one of the reasons i love those solo episodes because uh, even when I don't feel like it, I don't feel like the idea is fully formulated. I feel like this other person did it so much more well-produced. I just sit down and I trust that what feels alive in me and what I'm moving through put into words is what's meant to be. And so far the messages I've been getting as a response to those solo episodes, including yours, has been really blowing me away more than anything else. And so I love it because Choosing something like the 11 days of sharing or a solo episode twice a month, however you express yourself, having something within your content curriculum that kind of pushes you to just freaking do it instead of overthinking it is the most liberating thing that moves us most forward in our creative process in my experience
0: yeah you know, you i think you're right i think it's picking that and saying hey i'm gonna go i like, put the blinders on and just do this really well and then explore that and like, you know give it give it that time to be able to decide if i like that format or not and then and then maybe maybe that reveals something else that is like oh i can do i really like these maybe this These turn into the book that I wanted to to write, you know, there you go.
1: And it always does. And it's like, we're back full circle. We won't know what the next step is until we take this one. And then it it reveals something and we could have never planned it or strategically arrived there. So one of my biggest pieces of work that I'm constantly stepping into and hopefully inviting others to do is how can we move from the head and the strategy and the expectations into the heart? And show up from a place that just feels so alive that you can't not share it. Mm-hmm. That's just like you kind of bursting. You know, when you're so excited about something, you kind of just want to go on the street or to a grocery store and tell somebody about it. This is the kind of state that I encourage everybody to create content from, not from a state when you're feeling sad and lonely and stuck in comparison. Give yourself the grace to move through what you're moving through. Take a day off and watch game of thrones and eat popcorn and eat ramen mm. you know but don't push yourself to create content from that low place because it doesn't serve you it doesn't serve anybody and the energy that it's putting out there is like this energy of should and must and comparison so yep. you're kind of perpetuating what's already there that's not positive but if when we allow ourselves to feel it and move through it like a wave the wave always moves and there's the next one and then there's another tide it's it's so much. I don't want to say better. Better is kind of lame, but it's so much rich to live that way.
0: Yeah, and and we, we, you DM me today. We were talking about some subjects to to explore on this conversation, and one of them was reconnecting with the truth and the joy of creation. And I think this is that like this is that direction. I, I think you were getting to to it where it's like you know that that day of popcorn, um, like ha- like eat popcorn, watch movies, like cons- like cons- consume in like a, an active way, like enjoy it, like let yourself, yeah. Uh, like explore maybe it's for for me i I know travel helps a lot you know and it doesn't have to be like a i don't have to go to monaco (laughs) you know it could be like a day trip to the beach
1: when tom goes to monaco you know it's really bad (laughs) he's really hating what he's doing
0: (laughs) yeah no it's it's like a day trip where it's like yo, i'm gonna go on a long hike um uh I, i don't know like that that's Or or do something. I like. I like getting you know doing stuff physical. Like maybe play, like playing like you know a a game of hoops. Uh, just like just get put getting myself in a different setting. I always find I come back like re-energized. Um, and that's someone that loves what I do. Like I love the kind. But sometimes I'm just feeling I'm not. I don't feel the joy and I don't know if that's just like the cycle of a creator. You talked about the wave earlier, like the wave of like excitement and like maybe just feeling a lull and, and just <laughs> riding out the lull, <laughs> not I forcing th- the lull.
1: <laughs> exactly. I think that this is very individual for everybody and it's very intricate. For example, my husband, he has a few businesses. One of them is a digital marketing agency that does SEO specifically for HVAC businesses. Okay. He doesn't care about SEO, he doesn't care about HVAC, but he loves people and yep. he loves solving puzzles and putting things together and, and empowering people and empowering entrepreneurs. So the way that he has been able to enjoy his job is to focus on what he does best. He focuses on the people and on the sales. and building systems and like solving different puzzles. And he's learned to love it. For me, I could never in my life be in an industry that doesn't like full body chills light me up. And so first of all, determining that for yourself, what kind of person are you in that regard? And two, also just being present with ourselves and taking that extra breath and looking at the truth within is honestly the answer to everything. In my case, I built this wellness blog known for superfood smoothie bowls which people still recognize me for i went to a juice shop in austin yesterday and somebody said no I that smoothie bowl girl <laughs> and that so was
0: you built this brand about around being the smoothie bowl girl
1: <laughs> exactly and so for me the reason why i knew that it was time to let like go over the dead weight is because one i had outgrown it I just, there was so much more that I was meant to be talking about. And two, most importantly, that took the most honesty to admit was I was using the successes that I had had with that brand Breakfast Criminals to become kind of snobby and expect people to know who I am and expect doors to just automatically open because I was nominated for a certain award. Um, I didn't like who I had become in the process. Like I become so attached to having been one of the first people to post bowls on Instagram and like one of the, the most followed person I, I knew for a long time, you know, um, I was one of them. I was one of them. Yeah. And in my experience, it was like this point where for, a, for a few years, I tried to just rewrite the story of how, how I explain what I do. So I would say okay. I, I empower people to, wake up to the most radiant version of themselves. And I teach people to practice self-love through nourishing themselves with delicious foods. And all of that was true, but no matter how good the story sounded and no matter how it had a layer of truth to it, it didn't feel like something. I was meant to continue traveling the world and teaching. It was no longer a thing. I don't even any breakfast anymore at this point. Um Not that bad fasting matters. Uh, Not even fasting. I just don't feel hungry in the morning. I make my coffee. I'm good for a while.
0: Well, yeah, maybe that's what you're known for now. Just anti-breakfast. Anti-breakfast. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay. And that's something that it's it's good to highlight. I appreciate you sharing a little bit about what your husband does because I do think that there's an element where like maybe The creative thing that we're putting out it doesn't have to check all of the boxes right like maybe your hobbies can do some of that for you so for me i'm really into health and wellness uh so i've i've tried to figure out like is that how i should start positioning my brand and i was like you know i I can interview some some guests that that specialize in that but you know it's kind of fun to have my hobby is like this thing that's just mine that like I i love following these creators and learning about them but i don't have to monetize that like i can just enjoy that
1: yeah that that is such a paralyzing question of all right, let's monetize that you know like looking at the different audiences i have on social media any sane logical good marketer would tell you girl why are you sitting on hundreds <laughs> yeah. of thousands of followers and not monetizing in any way well because i know i'm not meant to and i'm not gonna yeah. move until i feel called and centered in my truth and at the moment that meant taking down all of my courses, partnering with a minimal amount of brands. 90% of things are a no. Because so you had
0: courses. I didn't know that.
1: Oh yeah, I've gone through the whole arc. So it was first um first it was brand collaborations. Then I started a speaking career, which was incredible. I got to travel and teach conscious social media. And then I used my outlines from my speaking presentations at different conferences across the world as an outline to make a course. And at first oh. the course seemed like such a big thing and such a big undertaking. And I created this challenge and I created a mini course on Skillshare, which actually still makes me money. It's kind of secret. Very few people know about this. Uh, but then that, the subject,
0: The subject for these courses? It's
1: called hashtag mindful. So it's conscious social media okay and so that little mini skillshare course became the basis for my eight-week conscious social media program which down the line cost two to three thousand dollars so i taught those for a few years and that was one of my biggest sources of income and then at some point it was also like the different workshops and a mastermind at some point i just or a little over a year ago i just got like very clear intuitive guidance that it's time to take it all down it's time to like bear my heart bear my soul let go of all my past creations, past identities. Get rid of the breakfast criminals Instagram and own my name, and just be myself, and own my truth.
0: And mm. that's been
1: the journey so far.
0: So, do you have any active courses right now?
1: I do not, except for that hidden Skillshare course.
0: Were they uh, a self-paced? Was the was the two to three thousand? To one, was that self-paced, or was that like a community? Or like, did you have to be active in it?
1: I had. I think four or five live launches um, and they were all quite successful. I remember my first launch was like almost $30,000, which like com- it was in 2019 and completely blew me away. I was about to travel to Namibia, to Africa and get engaged, which I didn't know. But I remember if each time I would open my email, like on a safari in Namibia, I'd be like, oh, somebody paid a thousand dollars and another thousand dollars. And it was like, what? This is my life. It was amazing. And it was a live course for those launches. And it was eight to 10 weeks. I Sometimes I would add like a week that was a cacao ritual that I would lead or like a body movement, breathwork embodiment to help people integrate all of the exercises we we're moving through. Because there was a lot of healers and um, coaches and yep. all kinds of intuitive people that were drawn to this work. And I didn't see anybody at all in the social media marketing space approach social media and marketing from a more intentional and ritualistic perspective. So I merged the two biggest things that I cared about, which was one, social media and storytelling, and two, all of the different healing practices and modalities that I had been exploring myself and I brought it together and, and it was amazing. And when I tell you, I've met some of the most incredible people in my life through those experiences. Some of my students, I ended up creating other courses with. Some of them I did workshops with that sold really well. Um, and I still get messages people met in those courses and they're like BFFs and they're leading retreats around the world. It's amazing. Um, and then after those live launches, it kind of lived on its own for a while on Kajabi and I would kind of evergreen promote it on my podcast. Um, but it didn't feel right. It's such an experience and it's such a journey that, um, I preferred live. I know there's a lot of people that got definitely a lot of value from it by taking it self-paced at a lower price. I think it was like a thousand dollars instead of two, the 3000 included a couple of one-on-one sessions on me, which was my favorite way to do it. But that's that, you know, I really still stand by that work. It's an amazing course, but when I hear the guidance to take it all down and to bear my heart to the world, I follow because, um, My big commitment is not to do anything just because it could make me money, but to really do it from like a full body, hundred percent. Yes. And for my courses, it was no longer that at the moment.
0: And, and I have a question. Is it the format of, as someone that I would like, I want to build a a course. Uh, I'm in the process of thinking about how to do that Uh, or like, or like what I'm focusing on the podcast now, but like, that's definitely something in the future that I want to explore. Um, is it the format of the course that, or was it the subject matter, or is it just courses in general, or like, what, mm. like are you, are you ruling out revisiting courses, in the future? Oh, for um, sure, I'm not
1: ruling that at all. Okay. Um, it's. Uh, hmm. My favorite thing about it was the community and the live aspect of it. Okay, for sure. and then that and
0: wasn't like, something that you were focusing on.
1: That the way that I want to hold space for that requires a lot of energy. Like when I'm teaching a course that day, that's the only thing I'm doing because just like the amount of things that come up for people within that space, like we create some really big intentions and the people who were drawn to that work are all like their own healers and intuitive. So you can imagine the energy was really, really powerful. Yep. And so typically when I would hold space for these courses, that would be the primary thing that I'm doing. And, um, uh, now there's other, that energy that I've used to hold that spaces in other places in my life at the moment, but that makes sense. I would love to do it again soon at some okay. point.
0: No, no, no. That that makes total sense. Cause like when you do it at that level, it's, it's, it's a, you're creating a full, like a full-time job, right? Like, like to be able to do it the way that you want it to. So you're basically saying, I don't want to work that job at the moment. It doesn't make sense for, 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 you know, where my energy is, how I'm feeling about my creative work. That makes a lot of sense, because I do that on micro levels. Like, like I look at like stuff I wrote last year, and I'm like, I really believed it then. I like it doesn't really align with me right now. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, what happened in my case that I feel is important to bring in, because we are multidimensional beings. We don't exist just on the level of social media or business. What happened in our case is we sold our tiny cabin. So we bought this tiny, tiny, tiny cabin in the Catskills, very close to Pennsylvania. Three years ago, we moved there, lived in like a little shack. It really felt like a shack. It was like 340 square feet, beautiful 12 acre property, but it was tiny. It was very rustic, very rustic. And then within a year or so, we had made some money, we had saved some money and we renovated it. And it became this project of creation and love. Eric, my husband made this like insane crystal shower grid under the stars with a skylight that opens into the wilderness. We had the most amazing contractor we collaborated with who had become our best friend through the process and um as a result of us like just bringing our love and creativity and love for nature to this project, it was featured on apartment therapy it was featured in other places. I worked with a bunch of incredible brands to sponsor some of the materials, which was like tens of thousands of dollars. So I did use social media to Uh. make this thing possible in some way. And then we sold it and we sold it in a way that we made some money. So if we chose to not work for a year, we could do that. And so for me having this kind of freedom to be like, okay, first of all, like just pausing and acknowledging. We did use our creativity and our vision and we received this abundance. And I don't need to hustle and do anything that is not in the highest alignment. And it can be super fun and it can feel free. And it can feel like this co-creation with my husband. And that's where where I'm at.
0: That's amazing. I see it now. I get it. (laughs) I No, no, I totally get that. Um, It's like, It's like cleaning out your office, right? (laughs) Like, like like, you know, um, not exactly, but like uh, it's clearing space for new ideas to present Mm. themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I I totally feel that.
1: And it's like when we started that renovation, it started with, "All right, let's allocate ten thousand dollars just to create a bedroom because we didn't have a bedroom." It was just like, it was. One room and yeah. then another tiny room with an entrance on the other side of the house. And we were like, let's break the wall, make a bedroom so that we can stay married because this is not working. This is too crazy. <laughs> and so we started with that and then it just grew like step by step. We figured out ways to bring in more money and to be courageous enough to invest that money into the project we didn't know would pay off. And then step by step, we're like, oh, let's add crystals here and let's reach out to this brand. And then, oh my gosh, this video went completely viral and I can use that and leverage that to get other sponsors on board. And then Buzzfeed made like a whole enormous feature about Eric building an igloo in the backyard, which is like a whole other story. But that's exactly, I know you're seeing exactly what I'm pointing to. And I really appreciate that because we're back at the conversation of, you don't know until you start and it all unfolds one step at a time. And it takes so much courage to go into the unknown, but that's really where all of the joy of creation is at.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is so, that is so true. It's like, it's, um, it's playing with the piece of clay that you got in front of you and then, and then and then someone comes around and says, "Oh, I you, I see what you're building. Like I would love to add this here. Like how about that? you know, and then like then you find other collaborators along the way that are like-minded and want to help building with you in like just different ways, you know, whether it's a sponsor or it's like, you know, me a contractor in a certain way or it's like building a brand on social media. I think that's beautiful. I think that's amazing. I think that's a good good lesson I, i'm I'm connecting the dots in my brain for like how stuff like that has played out and then also times maybe how i've like i've like maybe shut down that like you know maybe something did present it and i was like mm. like uh i didn't i didn't have space for it um mm. but I, I think that that's something to to uh to play around with
1: yes and i think it's so important to also have the courage to say no recently anytime anybody invites me to like lead at their retreat or present at their mastermind or like promote their brand. Um, uh, there's so many times when it makes so much sense for me to say, yes, I have all the skills, I have all the experience, but something in me is just not excited to do it. And so trusting that, even though then when I see the lineup and the PDF of the event happening, and I know I'm not on the picture, there's part of me that's like I could have been on it. Yeah, I could have been on it, but what is I meant to? And I'm going to trust that I wasn't because it didn't feel like a yes in my body. So it's developing that trust in my body and knowing that I'm not going to miss out on something.
0: That brings me to another question. Because yeah. I'm with you on that. I think that I think, you know, when you this is this is the mindset that I had when I was when I was starting and a lot of creatives have, it's like you're just saying yes to every opportunity you're kind of um you're kind of like just exploring right like do i like that do i like do i do graphic design do i do video like you're just kind of saying yes to all these opportunities and then for me i started to realize like i had a knack for storytelling like i could like you know tell a story through video better than like other forms and just like kind of just messed around with that saying yes and then i could start saying no to more and more and more and then you start with specific clients specific partners collaborators whatever um and now it's like with brand deal opportunities with consulting opportunities uh you have know, stuff that is like like really exciting at times um I, i'm curious because like i i've gotten to the point where i'm like i'm saying no to a lot like that like two years ago i, I would have been like that was the goal <laughs> but i'm saying no to it now mm-hmm. um and specifically with with brand deals how are you approaching brand deals n- now with this this mindset if you are working mm-hmm. with brands again.
1: I am doing select brand deals. And my favorite way is to work with brands in an integrated manner where it's a package that spans the podcast and TikTok and Instagram, where it's truly integrated in my life. And it's so yeah. much fun, more fun to do it that way. And it's so much more effective to do it that way. So, so like, brands do that? Yes. Yeah, totally. Like I've totally had Teach brands your that ways. sponsor the podcast <laughs> and TikTok on Instagram. Well, the way that I just package it on my media. Yeah. Team, is how it is. Let's say a brand reaches out and says, Hey, we want to hire you to do a TikTok or Instagram. And I'll say, actually, I have a podcast. And a lot of the times I've been able to get the podcast in there or the other way around and kind of me presenting myself. And I know you talk about this a lot as an expert on my own community and what will make the biggest difference and me curating the package instead of them kind of, you know, trying to guess.
0: This fits into this bucket for this campaign at this time. And then it becomes – what happens is I, what I find when you work with brands in that way, it's very transactional. It's like this creator needs to achieve this outcome for us now. But like you're saying, I want to build a relationship. And you mm-hmm. can show up in, in an integrative way across you know all the different forms of content. Now, do, do you do that like over is it like a month, three months? Like what is the ideal – relationship look like there?
1: The ones that I've done that were enjoyable is, let's say, 10 podcast episodes. So that would be a span of three months or so, plus, let's say, three Instagram posts, two TikToks, and three Instagram stories or something Mm -hmm. like that, depending on their budget, kind of curated to that. Um, That's how
0: all brands should work with creators.
1: A hundred percent. Yes, always. Whenever there's room for that, I'm even, you know, like typically open to shifting my rate a little bit to accommodate it to making more integrated Definitely. because it's just so much more holistic and and like whole for everybody. But something that I want to say to what you were started your question with around saying, no, is if I could go back in time, but everything's divinely timed, and time. Then I learned my own lessons. If I could go back in time, the mistake that I made as a creator is this. At some point I remember I was exchanging notes with another creator on her rates and how she does business. And she said, well, at this point, I don't talk to any brands that don't have a budget. And this is how exactly I respond to their emails. I say, I don't have the capacity to work with any brands that don't have a budget. And I just took that as like a total blanket statement, black and white. No, And that shut me off from potentially building relationships with so many interesting brands that I did actually feel genuine alignment with because I was like, well, Mm. they don't have a budget. I'm offended. I don't do this. No. You know, kind of like that kind of person I was telling you who I became at some point that I didn't like and decided to consciously shift. That was kind of stupid and very short term minded of me Yeah, because- Um, nothing is ever black and white. So the way that I approach it now, when a brand reaches out, I don't just look at the budget. I don't just look at how they spelled my name in their email or anything like Mm. that. I look at, okay, am I meant to use all of the energy of everything that I've put out there over the last 15, 20 years on the internet to amplify this particular brand?
0: Mm-hmm. Am I meant
1: to put all of my energy, all of my soul, all of my being to amplify? this? because it's a big deal for me to say yes. Yeah. And if it's a yes, and maybe the budget is not so great, or if it's a yes, but you know something else is a bit of a compromise, Like I'm looking at it case by case. Am I meant to be part of this? Is it like not a full yes, but I can really feel the heart of the person behind it, and I know I'm meant to do something with that human being? or the other influencers involved in the campaign. I don't know because there's so many things behind what's on the surface and we won't know all of the layers of it and what could possibly unfold until we decide to consciously either say no and close that door, make that space, clean that office or say yes and then not fully know why but know that it's a yes in the body and then just trust it.
0: At the top of my notes here, I put relationships over transactions. And because when I thought about your brand, I was like, this is what I feel like is at the core of a lot of what she stands for in social media. And I think that's a beautiful thing when everything else is transactional, like this many views, you're this person, you know, and obviously you said that you learned that the hard way. Um, But, you you know, you're, you're, you're sharing that now, which is helping a lot of people think about it in terms of relationships, because sometimes these brands reach out and like, yeah, they're building, but you're maybe that founder is like someone that you you could be a really good friend with and then then can your career grows as their as their company grows and then maybe there's more alignment where maybe maybe it's equity right maybe maybe they, like, you know, like there's a lot of different other ways that like you could just be like a friend a consultant like hey listen that doesn't make sense that, that's what i say a lot like hey I, like if i say that i don't have the capacity for that it, i'll follow up by saying but lean on me as a resource. If there's ever a question, or you want me to connect you with a like-minded person, or just hop on a call, let me know. Uh, just just show that you're like not shutting them off, and and you're there to build the relationship. Is that? Is Do people that ha- take you up on that? Yes. Uh this is what I would say. Multiple people that I've met as creators are starting to build things now i've had had people offer me full-time jobs that that were like hey like we just want to we just want to hire you uh that happens and i think in the creator space too just having the, the the cheerleader mindset for the brands that reach out to you if they do it in a way that doesn't feel again transactional where if it's just like hey you know sometimes the way that brands reach out it's like We really like what you're doing. Um, Mm. The messaging behind what you're saying. We follow this video. I'm like, okay, that's worth a phone call. Like They're really really paying attention to what I'm doing. Now, my my brand deal, you're getting probably way bigger brand deal offers than I am, though.
1: I'm so glad you're talking about it because 99% of the time, in my experience, people who do reach out, whether it's about a brand collaboration or me becoming an affiliate, which is another stream of income that's been consistent for me for the last few years, or to pitch to be on my podcast – they didn't even get my podcast name right. They're talking about the yeah. podcast name I had three years ago. So uh, 99% of the time, there is no personal touch. So the yeah. moment there is, I do get curious and I do wanna see what's yeah. behind that. So yes, bring back human into business. Yeah,
0: no, and, and for sure, you're getting a lot more inbound than I am. I, I can guarantee you that. Um, I have like a specific audience too. It's like, it's like creator economy brands. It's like creator economy platforms that are trying to get to creators in some way. And there's not that many of them. <laughs> um, so I'm, so I have like the bandwidth to like, it's like exciting to me to build a relationship with them, but I can imagine with your following, with how long you've been doing it, you get a lot of people just like, it's like automated copy and paste. They're like, it's a virtual assistant. just like, just outreaching a hundred influencers at once. Yep. So, this has been a fascinating conversation. I have so many questions here too. If you want me to, if you want to me to hit you with yeah, one. go
1: ahead, go ahead. I really okay, enjoy okay, your cool, questions. cool, I
0: didn't know if you wanted to wrap up, but uh, um, okay. So you know what? I'm not even gonna. I'm not even. I'm gonna say any of them. What I'm gonna do? This is one that's not written down there. You talk, <laughs> you 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 you, you specialize. You talked about some breath work, right? Mm. I'm curious. Mm. I'm curious because. Is there anything that you do to prime yourself before you get in a creative space from like a breath, breath work aspect? Because I, and I'm going to say this with when I was creating my best content, I would do like breath work before I got on camera. And right mm. now I just feel like I've been like so overwhelmed. I just throw the camera on. And I, can, I feel like you can feel a little bit more anxiety in my, in my content. I don't feel as as, uh, as as centered as I think I could be. Is there any mm. practice that we that um, you could teach me as a friend uh, for, mm. for what I could do before I create?
1: I love that question. So this little invitation is an amalgamation of something that I learned from my friend Aaron Rose and just some of the different things I've been exploring and feeling into. But imagine that um, your hands, your hands are extensions of your heart. There's mm-hmm. meridians even in Chinese uh, medicine that run from your hands to your heart so it's very connected so anytime you're picking up your phone to type a message to type a post to type a comment respond to a dm when you invite yourself to just take a breath first of all if we all just took a breath one deep breath before everyone that's listening
0: everyone that's listening
1: oh your life is so much better it's so much better (laughs) one deep breath before we pick up our phone Dropping into the heart, kind of softening the chatter of what we should do, what we can do, and dropping into the heart and into that joy of being alive. And then when you pick up your phone from that space and you type messages and you type comments and you respond to DMs, imagine that you're sending out that energy from your heart after you got present in it into whoever else on the other side of the screen is receiving that message. And just imagine that visual of you're not just typing into the ether. Into a code you typing, and somebody else on the other side of the screen, mm. somewhere in the world, is receiving it through their hands, scrolling and into through their, their heart. heart, into their heart. So, what do you want to offer? What do you want to come from your heart? Do you want to? And I'll leave it up to you, based on everything we conversated about and beyond. What message are you sending out there?
0: I think, I think the message is, um, you' <laughs> Go into the search bar and type in the, the account for your podcast and, and, and become a subscriber and listener because, listen, this is your breath uh, – uh, pun intended. This is a breath of fresh air um, in the world of, of everything being so transactional. Just uh, you know hearing that message for digital creators to pause and think more intentionally about um, how they're showing up how they're creating, and then how they're connecting one-on-one in these comments, in these conversations, and with each collaborator. Uh, That's how you and I met. Um, So uh, listen, I'm grateful for your time. Where can we send, where can we tell people to type, uh, to follow some of your work?
1: Thank you so much, Tom. I I love talking to you, it's so fun. Uh, You can find me on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, everywhere by my name, Ksenia Brief, K-S-E-N-I-A-D-R-I-E-F. And my podcast is web, the number eight, web eight. It's changed its name many times. And I wouldn't be surprised if I get another download for another name at some point. But if you just type in web eight or my name, you're going to find it. And that's really, for me, where my heart lives. It's the center of my work. It's where we go the deepest, where we have the most incredible conversations. So I really invite you to join me if you enjoyed this conversation.